Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is is Views from from Midstream. Now, here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. You are listening to the Views from Mint Street podcast, available wherever major and very fine podcasts are found on Stitcher, on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play, and of course, free on the Odyssey app. If you've got a Carolina fan in your life, please make sure you share the Views from Mint Street podcast with them. Rob Brown and Lonzo Reitzel bringing you this pod into your ear holes as we do three times a week, every single week. No worries, man. You're welcome. We're just here to make your life better. All right. We have not gotten a chance yet to talk about this. And, and, and at some point, though, the conversations about Matt Rule are going to and frankly have to stop, right? Because it, we've turned that corner. It's like when you break up with your ex and you start telling the sob stories to your friends. At some point, they're going to be like, dude, we don't want to hear about your ex anymore. At some point, we got to stop talking about Matt Rule. It's only been a week. It's only been a week, dude. Correct. Today's not that day. So there's been a story going around about Matt Rule for the last couple of days. And I think what's interesting is after I read it, my response, though, was you're not telling me anything I didn't already know. You're just clarifying the picture for me a little bit. So there was a there's a report that came out after the firing of Matt Rule post the San Francisco loss that said that uh, there was a document going around that illustrated how much of a college football style micromanager Matt Rule was. And again, the micromanagement model works very well at the college level. As I said on the show after the loss to Tennessee, Nick Saban has just proven he's not a great game day coach, right? He's not going to grab the chalkboard on the sideline and talk to his players and X's and O's his way into a win. What Nick Saban does to be as good as he has been is micromanage during the offseason, micromanage recruiting, micromanage every aspect of the team up until kickoff, and then trust that all of that micromanagement has created a team that is exceptionally dangerous. And it's worked very well for Alabama. It does not work in the National Football League. It never has. It never will. You cannot micromanage. you got to let professionals do their job. Well, this report 
from Will Kunkel of Fox Charlotte and a few others has come out saying that Matt Rule wanted complete control of everything up to and including the social media posts of the football team, right? Like there were posts that the team wanted to post and Matt Rule was like, no, you can't do that because it makes us look bad. Well, Jonathan Jones of CBS Sports put out another report that said there was a three-page document that staff members were supposed to know by heart to get themselves into the team's good graces. And Matt Rule would very frequently quiz every element of the team, from players to assistant coaches to coordinators to management to admins all the way up, and basically pop quiz them on this three-page document. And in the notes would very frequently write that you were either OOU or not OOU. OOU standing for one of us, one of us, one of us. And that Matt Rule, all the way up to and including in the war room on draft day, would assign players a grade of OOU or not OOU. And that would be a long determining factor into whether or not they were comfortable pulling the trigger on that cat and making that cat a part of the franchise. Now, that in and of itself, Lonzo, it's very cheesy. It's very corny to me. I mean, I guess that like there are some people that get motivated by stuff like that, and I understand. But when you pair that with the multiple reports that Matt Rule was an extreme micromanager down to and including wanting control over the team's social media presence. To me, it really does put the writing on the wall and show exactly why the reign of rule was an unmitigated disaster. All right. When you said started doing the one of us chant, you're saying corny. I'm thinking cultic. I I mean, that's just, (laughs) you know, that that's what I, that's, that's, that's almost a little creepy and uh, at least tyrannical. I mean, to a degree, or maybe if you want to get political, uh, well, I mean, you will conform or you will not be here. And uh, that's a little worrisome, especially, and and yes, that to a degree will work in college football, but it's not going to work with a bunch of adults who are all pretty much multimillionaires. It's just not going to work that way. And we see it did not. But now I'm going to start hearing one of us in my nightmares tonight. One of us. One of us. Yeah, no. And, and I'm, I'm, gu- I'm guessing. I'm guessing they don't blink when they say it. Yeah, one right. of us. <laughs> one of us. And they're us. all slowly walking forward towards you with torches. Yes, that's how it feels. Uh, it, it's like you said a second ago, though. The 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 belief that you can inspire guys to be one of us. I, I get it. And you're right. At the college level, it works. Some people are going to make the argument that in the age of the transfer portal, maybe it's not quite as genuine as it used to be. But it used to be, and to me it still is, but this is probably a conversation for the radio show, not the podcast. Again, the Rob Brown Show, 9 to noon Eastern, free on the Odyssey app. Uh, If a kid goes to a school, it's because he wants to be a tiger or a gamecock or a gator or a bulldog or a seminole and when they get there you do become a part of that right like when you go to clemson you're a clemson tiger and there's a big thing placed on family at all in when you go to auburn 
You are a War Eagle Tiger. When you go to Georgia, you are a Bulldog. When you go to Florida State, you are a Seminole. When you go to Columbia, you are a Gamecock. You are that thing. The NFL, while it would be nice to have guys that log in and go, I'm a Panther, baby. I'm a Panther. I'm a Panther. I'm going to give you a quote from Christian McCaffrey from earlier this week. After the L in the press conference, McCaffrey got asked about the unending trade rumors surrounding him and the Panthers right now. We'll address that coming up here in just a minute. McCaffrey said, it's out of my control. The only thing I can do right now is be the best Panther teammate I can be. Now, Christian McCaffrey has been a Panther from the beginning. He has been, as far as I'm concerned, the heart and soul of this franchise for the past few years. He's the marquee player. He's the guy whose face is on all the banners hanging on street lamps next to Bank of America Stadium on Mint Street. But even Christian McCaffrey knows that at the end of the day, if Carolina does trade him to Buffalo or San Francisco or LA or Denver or wherever else will take him in a trade, that he's not a Panther anymore. Now he's a Bronco. Now he's a Ram. Now he's a Bill. Now he's a Chief, whatever he might be, right? So these guys are not going to have the same mentality as professionals that most of them would have had in college, right? They understand that they are, at the end of the day, hired guns. They are mercenaries. They play for your color, provided they're getting the paycheck they want and can command for it. And that is the end of it. So Matt Rule coming in and trying to get everybody to buy in to this kind of cringy, we are family, I got all my brothers and me mentality, while it's nice, and if you take a surface glance at it, it's like, oh, yeah, of course I want everybody to be happy and friendly and on the same page. But how many of y'all have ever worked in a business where every single person was in the same mentality? None of us. Literally, unless you are self-employed, no one has ever worked for a company. where, And it doesn't matter how many times the manager goes, hey, guys, we're all family here. I want us to act like family. Like, it's a nice mentality. But when there are more than two human beings in a room, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be drama. You have got to manage it like a manager, not like a cult leader slash dad. And that's what Matt Rule was trying to do. And again, I think you combine that with the micromanagement, Lonzo, and that is where Matt Rule ultimately failed. That's why guys like Robbie Anderson popped off and lost their minds. That's where a lot of the locker room problems came from. And I think... Steve Wilkes knows that. I think Steve Wilkes understands that. I think he gets that they are all hired guns and nothing else and can manage like a manager instead of like a cult leader. And that could provide a bit of a difference. Well, I think you saw a different fire out of them uh, this past week. And you also seen the desire to finish. I mean, they could have gave up when they were down two touchdowns. They didn't do that. Uh, They didn't do what supposedly – uh, they did under Matt Rule that final game that got them fired and basically give up. So they were out there. They were trying really hard. And, and they're, you know, players are independent contractors. The business, they are their business. So they're out there for themselves. But, yeah, you got to have team mentality because you want to you work together with the guy next to you towards a common goal, which is getting to the Super Bowl and winning it. Every year that's what it's got to be. But, yeah, the the, the – 
the college thing just doesn't work. You know, I kind of wish it did, but it, it just doesn't. It doesn't work. That's why Matt Rule didn't work. Steve Wilkes seems to get it. He's he's saying all the right things, but you know what? We've seen guys say all the right things before and still lose. For the record, Matt Rule said all the right things when he showed up. Saying the right things ain't the problem, right? I have hired and fired employees in my past for other people. I'm not a monster. Uh because they showed up and the resume looked good and they said all the right things. And you're like, wow, this guy's going to be great. This gal's going to be great. And then they show up and they say all the right things and they do not do all the right things. Matt Rule said all the right things. The I think the majority of Panthers fans were kind of excited, kind of optimistic about the hire of Matt Rule, right? He was known as a turnaround coach, a guy who shows up, he works for two, three years, and then bang, your program's turned around. No, we were we were waiting for year three. We were because that that's that's the bill of goods we were right. sold. Year three, that's the year for him. That's what, classically that's how, when he's turned things around. Year three happened, and it didn't happen. Correct, and that's exactly what I'm saying. I think even through the dismal back to back five and twelve seasons, or five and eleven, and then five and twelve, or five whatever, through the dismal five win seasons. I think there was still a little bit of of a lot, maybe most, maybe a lot, maybe some. I'm not sure what what the correct word is to use there. But there was an optimism through some of us that, look, we knew it was going to be a tough road. We knew it was going to be a three-year project. We knew it was going to be time. And then this was year three. This was supposed to be the year. Uh -uh, Didn't happen, right? Because Matt Rule said all the right things, but clearly behind the scenes. And by the way, I would like to congratulate Carolina. Because if they got one thing right, they sure did do a really good job of keeping all of this BS in the house, right? Because had this OOU story dropped while Matt Rule was still the coach, oh, Twitter would have had a freaking field day with it. Carolina fans everywhere would have been like, yeah, this is uh, dumb. This is dumb and I hate it. But they kept it all in house until Matt Rule got canned. And here's how here's how I know it's it, it actually bothered people. You know what the one thing I have not seen since the firing of Matt Rule was, Lonzo? The one thing I have not seen? I've seen fans have takes on it both ways. I've seen players come in. The one thing I have not seen, outside of a very brief one-and-a-half or two-line statement from the Panthers that said we have parted ways with Matt Rule, I have not seen We'd like to thank him for his time. We'd like to thank him for his effort. We appreciate the goodwill between the coach and the team. We thank him for his service. We didn't see any of that. We saw a statement that said, we have separated from Coach Matt Rule, and that is it, which leads me to believe, and again, I'm reading it stuff, I'm speculating, but hey, that's the fun part of the job. It leads me to believe that there was some stuff behind the scenes Included in the report that a lot of people that were under Matt Rule laughed and made fun of this OOU garbage that Matt Rule had very much worn out his welcome. They were waiting on the right time to let him go. And the L to San Francisco and another abysmal performance just lit the powder keg that everybody had gotten packed and ready. All right. So what this reminds me of is the emails that we get in the building on occasion uh, this person no longer works here. We wish them well in their future endeavors. That's one. And the other is this person no longer works here. Do not let them in the building. Yep. And I think the latter is what is about Matt Roll. Do not yep. let him in the building. 
That's a, that's a great call. That's a great call. We get the email, get the emails that go. So-and-so is no longer an employee. We wish them the best in their future endeavors. And even sometimes they might even have a little clip of like, they're moving on to this new market to be promoted and we congratulate them and it's all nice and good. And that's what you get when an NFL team sends out. We have parted with so-and-so. We thank them for their service and wish them the best in their future endeavors, right? Like as wrestling fans, we call a wrestler getting fired, getting future endeavored because there's always that line of, we wish them the best in their future endeavors. With Matt Rula, it it was, yeah, he's fired, uh, moving on, right? Like it leads me to believe that that Matt Rule's micromanagement behind the scenes ultimately did him in more than anything else. His keto work, his parking space is open. They didn't even wave at him. Just bye.